Welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Minister Bernard Williams comes with a thought-provoking message entitled, Check Your Posture. Get your pen and your pad ready, and let's go into the worship center and hear what God has for us today. Let's get into this. Uh, Today's message is entitled, Check Your Posture. Check your posture. I shared with you all uh, already that I've been going on this fitness uh, journey for the last 13 weeks, and about four weeks in, I mean, I'm hit. I'm every morning 5:30. I am in the gym, working hard. Uh, some of y'all are like, I see it in your arms and stuff. I see you. <laughs> I'm I'm working hard. I'm I'm working hard. I'm working hard. I am tired of being sore. Um, about four weeks in. I started noticing that the soreness was going from like all over my body, but there was a particular soreness in my shoulders. Uh, I'd lay down and about 10 minutes in, I'd have to move because I just, it, like the soreness would overwhelm me to the point. Uh, many of you may have seen me in staff meetings. I have to stretch my arms because it just started getting tight all of a sudden. Just, just all, it, it, it was the craziest thing. And I finally went to my trainer. I said, look, uh, I really want to stay on this journey. I'm really working hard at this. Um, I, I can't take this pain, and I don't want to take Advil and stuff. I, I'm supposed to feel healthier, not hurt. <laughs> and um, it was funny because the trainer said, actually, I meant to talk to you about that. How you know I had pain? You, you didn't know I had pain until I came and told you. He said, no, I, um, I figured that you might because... I've been watching you in the gym, and you are killing it, but I've noticed something about you. He said, you actually have terrible posture. You naturally kind of slump your shoulders forward a little bit. You just kind of lean forward a little bit. And that makes it really difficult when your body is trying to recover. If you would stand up straight, you would experience less soreness. See, my posture was causing me pain. And I figured that sometimes I wanted to check and challenge, push all of us to check our posture because sometimes the pain that we're feeling isn't because of all this other stuff. It's because of the posture that we have in which we serve. Maybe your posture is causing you some pain. Let's go to the word. Our foundation scripture Matthew chapter 23, verses 8 through 11 in the Passion Translation says this, but you are to be different from that. You are not to be called master, for you only have one master, and you are all brothers and sisters. And you are not to be addressed as father, for you have one father who is in heaven. Nor are you to be addressed as teacher, for you have one teacher, the anointed one. The greatest among you will be the one who always serves others. See, the challenge that, uh, and I shared a little bit of this yesterday during Saturday prayer, which, by the way, if you're missing Saturday prayer, I don't know what you're doing with your life. (laughs) We be getting it in here. One of the challenges that I have with westernized Christians (laughs) is that we have spent so much time learning about this faith from a perspective of it's about me. 
It's about my time. It's about my promotion. This is my season for promotion. God enlarge my territory. My name shall be, this is my blessing. Oh, all the haters. Oh, this is me. Oh, you can't come against me. I'm sorry, did I? But here's the thing. Many believers can get so focused on moving up that we lose focus on our Savior's perfect example of promotion. Jesus didn't walk around saying, you better bow to me. I got power. You, don't you know who I, I am? God's son. Who you think you is? You try to come against me? Jesus' example, I actually shared this yesterday. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 9, Passion Translation. And consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Let his mindset become your motivation. He existed in the form of God, and yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. Instead, he emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. He, being God, became human. He humbled himself, ooh, watch this, and became vulnerable. People don't like that word. But he became vulnerable, choosing to be revealed as a man and was obedient. He was the perfect example, even in death, a criminal's death by crucifixion, something he did not deserve. God exalted him and multiplied Excuse me, because of that obedience, God exalted him and multiplied his greatness. He has now been given the greatest of all names. In order to get the greatest of all names, Jesus, God's son, the one that sits on the right hand of the father, had to go down to the lowest level of the lowest level and be treated like the lowest of the low. Uh -huh. Who do you think you are? That you can't get your hands dirty, as Pastor Gregory talked about last week, and get in with the mucky stuff, with the mucky people. Because people don't like being around mucky people. I'm all, around, I'm all about positive vibes. <laughs> I have to keep my circle clean. But how are they going to get cleaner if you don't get a little dirty? See, servitude, I want you all to catch this. Servitude is the greatest expression of worship that we can give to God and the greatest evidence to whom our devotion is invested to the world around us. Not coming to church, not paying your tithes, not putting scriptures on your Facebook and Instagram and TikTok videos. But how you serve is the greatest way to sing to the world and to yourself and to him, this is who I love. Even if you got the God is dope t-shirt, but you don't serve people. We used to have WWJD stuff. WWJD, but you can't love on somebody. See, no song no prayer, no attire, no title, 
nor any amount of money can substitute for a surrendered, lowly heart that walks in service and humility to the glory of God and the betterment of those around you. You want to check and see if you're really living this godly kind of life? Two things. One, do you feel like your name has to be out front? No, I'm good. And number two, are you making people better by being in their lives? Better yet, are you willing to embrace the cross or are you merely wearing a cross? See, um, one of the first things that I came to Linked Up Church, it was actually one of the things that made me fall in love with Linked Up Church. They sent me to this conference. Uh, it was called the Grow Conference at Church of the Highlands. And um, um, during the first night of the conference, they had this guy named John Maxwell minister or speak to us. Have anybody heard of John Maxwell? If you haven't heard of John Maxwell, he is one of the foremost leaders in the world. He, like, Everybody wants him. Everybody wants to be around him. He knows everything about leadership. He's written so many books about leadership. It is ridiculous. Okay? And he's sitting there, and I didn't know. I think I kind of knew, but I didn't really put together that he was a Christian. Watch this. I don't even think, I definitely did not put together that before he became a, the world's foremost leader or thought process, thought person around leadership, he was a pastor. Hmm. And... So he decided to follow the unction of the Lord, and the Lord was pushing him into the marketplace. And the Lord challenged him, and he then challenged us. And I promise you, I, I'm, a, I'm an emotional person, but I don't cry a whole lot. Like, I just started crying while he was talking because he said this thing that was so powerful and so profound to me that I had never heard in church. He said, we must be intentional in adding value to lost people. You have to choose to add value to people before you share your faith. You should position yourself to earn the right to share your faith. Woo! That means on your job, At your cubicle, at your desk with all of those Jesus trinkets around there, <laughs> listening to your holy music. Are you giving an example that would cause someone to ask why you work the way you work? Are you adding so much value to the business that they couldn't do it without you and somebody would come into your office and say, hey, that project that you did, that was, that was nuts. How did you do that? To all of you in your marriages that are having challenges with your significant other or your relationships, trying to figure out how to get them to come to church. I told you it was a protein shake. But she's trying to figure out why this relationship isn't going the way that it needs to go. And I know what the Bible says, and I'm following it, and I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, Lord. And he won't be there. Sorry, let me get to the guy's side. I'm not going to pick on the ladies. Lord, I'm trying, man. I'm trying real hard. 
man, I'm trying, man. And this girl just keep coming, coming at me, and I just don't appreciate it. Guys cry too. The question is, are you living your life in such a way that will cause that significant other to figure out why you love them beyond what they do for you? The thing about John Maxwell is he is now invited into boardrooms and executive offices all around the world. They pay him $100,000 for 10 minutes of his time. Yeah. And he goes in there and literally, no, seriously, he goes in there and his only objective, his top objective is to fix whatever is broken. But he does it in such a way, his heart is fixed to do it in such a way that I want to make this business turn around so great that they beg me to find out why I did it. And then he does it. And the Lord has given him wonderful strategies and, 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 and tactics to be able to turn businesses around. And they come to him and they say, John, this is amazing. My, my business is about to die. How did you do this? You really don't want to know. No, really, I, I got to know, like, what? How did you do this? I've never seen this before. It, it's probably too simple. I, you, you don't want to know. No, really, I have to know. Please, please, I have to know. You've turned my entire business around. How did you do this? Do you really want to know? Yes, please, tell me. Please, I, I got to figure this out. Please. I've been teaching you off of principles that are based in the Bible. See, I'm a Christian, and you've been following Christian principles. And if you would follow this not only in your business, but in your life, not just your business will turn around, but your life will turn around. So you all have to be willing to ask yourself this question. It's a hard question. God checked me on it this week, too. So I'm sharing. Is my posture keeping me from being a servant to others? Is the way that you're standing keeping you from being able to help others? Here's a story of a man named Brady. No. <laughs> I want to share this story, and I want to give you a slightly different perspective. This is a very... Familiar story, Luke chapter 10, verses 25 to 37. It's a long passage, but y'all stay with me. It's in the Passion Translation. We'll get through it together. Just then, a religious scholar stood up before Jesus in, in order to test his doctrines. He posed this question, teacher, what requirement must I fulfill if I want to live forever in heaven? Jesus replied, what do you read in the law? How do you understand it? The religious scholar answered, it states that you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all your passion, all your energy and every thought. You must love your neighbor as yourself. I know that verse. <laughs> Jesus said, that is correct. Now go and do exactly that and you will live. Wanting to justify himself, <laughs> he then questioned Jesus further, saying, What do you mean by my neighbor? Pause. 
Isn't it interesting how people won't just do what God says do? And you want to test it so that you can, not so that you can get a better understanding, but so that you can feel like you're in a better position than the people around you. This religious scholar didn't care about the answer. He just wanted to be justified. Sometimes many of you are testing the word, not because you want to actually do it, but you want to feel justified. Oh, Holy Spirit, why did you make me say that? Especially in this season where everything is so divisive and political and people try to use Bible scriptures to push their point forward. I'm sorry if I'm getting super political, but I wish we had more Christians that would live the Bible and not just speak the Bible. Let's keep going. Jesus replied, there was once a Jewish man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho when bandits robbed him along the way. They beat him severely, stripped him naked, and left him half dead. Soon, a Jewish priest Walking down the same road, came upon the wounded man. Seeing him from a distance, the priest crossed to the other side of the road and walked right past him, not turning to help him one bit. Later, a religious man, a Levite, came walking down the same road and likewise crossed to the other side to pass by the wounded man without stopping to help him. Finally, Another man, a Samaritan, came upon the bleeding man and was moved with tender compassion for him. He stooped down and gave him first aid, pouring olive oil on his wounds, disinfecting them with wine and bandaging them to stop the bleeding. Lifting him up, he placed him on his own donkey, brought him to an end. Then he didn't stop there. Then he took him from took him from his donkey and carried him to a room for the night. The next morning, he took uh, his own money from his wallet and gave it to the innkeeper with these words, take care of my boy until I come back from my journey. And if it costs more than this, I got you. So now, tell me, which one of these three men who saw the wounded man proved to be the true neighbor? The religious scholar responded, the one who demonstrated kindness and mercy. Jesus said, go and do the same as he. This is a powerful story. And last week, Pastor Gerger did such a phenomenal job of telling us why we serve. I'm hoping that this example will give you a better understanding of how to serve. Okay? Y'all with me? I need three people. I need somebody that came here in a suit or a really nice, really nice outfit. Don't be scared. Come on. Come on. Uh-huh. Come on. I need a person from the worship team, if y'all are listening back there. I need a person from the worship team. And I need someone that came here in a T-shirt, male or female. I need some. Come on. I knew it was going to be you. <laughs> y'all come on up here. <clears throat> because I want to really make sure that you all catch this. Oh, I got two worship team members. All right. You did good. You sang good. <laughs> Hi, ma'am. How are you? Hi. All right. Now, are you afraid to get on the floor? You sure? Yeah. Okay. 
So she is going to be my wounded person. If you would, please, ma'am. <laughs> Just go ahead and lay down. Because I really want you all to catch a couple of things in here that you may have never seen before. I want you to leave your arm, lift your arm up right there. Okay. Thank you. I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to put some stuff on your arm, but I promise you I'll clean it up later. If it gets on your clothes, I'll give you a dry cleaning, all right? Okay, glory to God. All right. Uh, you, sir, are going to be my Jewish priest. If you would follow, go, go right on to that side. You are going to be my Levite. Come on this way. And so how do we serve? Number one, we have to empathize with the details of others' stories. Stop looking down on people. Amen. Empathize with them. Amen. Let's read this passage again because I, didn't, I had never seen this before. And maybe it's the Passion Translation, but this is why I like it. Let's go back. Luke chapter 10, verses 31 to 33. Soon, don't go yet, a Jewish priest walking down the same road came upon the wounded man. Did you catch that? Okay. Seeing him from a distance, the priest crossed to the other side of the road and walked right past him, not turning to help him one bit. Later, a religious man, a Levite or lady, came walking down the same road and likewise crossed to the other side to pass by the wounded man. Do y'all see that? What was the word? Okay. Wounded, not man. Wounded. Wounded is the word, not man. I mean, I stopped at man, but the word is wounded. I heard somebody say man. It's all right. Without stopping to help him. <laughs> Finally, another man, a Samaritan, came upon the bleeding man and was moved with tender compassion for him. And so, let's go through this scenario. Our great priest was walking. He was leaving church. And he's walking along. Stop here, sir. And he sees there's this lady that's on the ground. And she's wounded. I don't have time to be around wounded people. Y'all miss that. Because so many times in church, we in church and out of church, we see people that are wounded. We see their attitude. We see the stuff that's happening around them. We see people living alternative lifestyles. Y'all don't like that kind of message. And instead of dealing with it, we see that person's wounded. They won't be good in my ministry. <laughs> then a worship leader, a Levite, came along. She leaving church. Yes. Hallelujah. Glory. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes. Worthy God. What did we sang good today? Yes. Ever be on my lips. Yes. And stop. And she sees this lady on the ground and she's wounded. I don't have time to deal with wounded people. I don't have time. Watch this. And I saw the priest Ooh, help me, Holy Ghost. I saw the priest go before me. That's why leaders, you got to be so careful how you deal with people. Because how you deal with people, other people are watching how you deal with that person. And so I saw him pass them by. And so if they're not worth his time, they certainly aren't worth my time. 
Thank you. Y'all are done. And then a Samaritan. I'll be the Samaritan. <laughs> Give him a hand. Then the Samaritan goes. The Samaritan is walking and says, there's this lady on the ground. And not only is she wounded, but she is bleeding. She's bleeding. She's actually bleeding. See, you can't be so focused on the surroundings and the wounds that you forget to see the bleeding. You can't forget to see the bleeding. Y'all are missing this. You can't forget to see the bleeding. See, the most effective witness you can ever give is to take the time to see the bleeding in somebody's life, to see that there's something going on. And I see that something's happening here. I've bled before too. How can I? How can, oh, y'all, are y'all catching this? And so, you got to stay there. She won't bleed out, I promise. And so, you have to make sure when you are serving, how you serve, to do it effectively. Don't just go and give somebody a little pat on the back. See them for who they are. Be willing to dig in and see the challenges. The second thing. It's to help stop the bleeding. The verse says, he stooped down. Let me take all of this. He stooped down and he gave. Here we go. He stooped down and he gave first aid. Pouring olive oil on his wounds. Disinfecting them with the wine and bandaging them to stop bleeding. See, once you connect with the bleeding and you see it, then you are positioned to actually address the wound. See, the challenge that many times we have is that some of us actually see that somebody's bleeding, but then we want to just connect in a pity party and not actually help to make it better. And so, how do we do this first aid? I actually, the Holy Spirit gave me this. Number one in this first aid process is that you've got to pour olive oil on it, which means you're going to use this to kind of soothe it. And you have to be willing to take the results. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. You have to be willing to take the results of crushing that you've experienced and paid for to address the wounds of those you serve. See, olive oil comes from pressing there has to be crushing that you have to pull out of your testimony. You got to pull out of some hard places. Come on, church. Some of you are so unwilling to tell people your real story. That you can't truly be of any kingdom worth. The second thing that they did is that he took the wine and disinfected it. This is not real wine. This is uh, sparkling grape juice. How do, what, what is the wine for? How do I do that? Because you have to lead with the blood. And land with the blood. 
See, I've been through some crushings, but the thing that helped to disinfect it <laughs> was the blood. And I wish we had more people that were willing to give honor where honor is due. Because I didn't just pull myself up by my own bootstraps. I keep making mistakes just like other people keep making them, but only for the blood. That's my Baptist moment. I wish somebody in this place would be grateful for the blood that saves you, the blood that raised you, the blood that never ever loses its power. And the third thing that the Samaritan did was to start bandaging the wound. They put pressure on it. This is a really bad job, but y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but they put pressure on the wound to stop it from bleeding, to keep it from getting further infected. Oh, Raman Se Amansha. This is where you insulate what you address with the word of God. See, sometimes, <laughs> I've been around church a long time. Some of us are willing to tell our testimony. And we'll come from what we've been crushed in. We'll share that testimony. And some of us then will come behind it and say, oh, but, the blood of, but for the blood of Jesus. But we forget that then you have to make sure that you put some word behind that so that when they forget your story, they don't forget his. Come on. You can throw it over here. Thank you, ma'am. I'm going to leave that stuff right there because I'm running short on my time. Y'all all right? The third point, after you've done all that, is that you have to be willing to protect your investment. And this is where I have one of the biggest challenges with the body of Christ overall. The scripture says, after he lifted him up, placed him on his donkey and brought him to an inn, and he took him from his donkey and carried him into a room for the night. The next morning, he took his own money from his own wallet and gave it to the innkeeper with these words, take care of him until I come back from my journey. If it costs more than this, I will repay you when I return. I want y'all to catch this. There has to be a willingness to not only serve the need in the moment, but to start the process of encouraging wholeness. We, ooh, I can't say it that way. I cannot. I won't allow myself. We are really good at one-night stands. You know what? I see you, and I'm going to connect with you. Okay, have a good one. Oh, here, I'm going to come help your need. Okay, great. You feel good? All right, great. See you later. We aren't great at seeing a person, addressing a need, and then saying, okay, now, let's figure out how we don't get back here without you having to be like me. 
I want you to be like you. But I want you to be a better version of you. Not a version of you trying to be me. Amen. <laughs> the Chinese proverb or Russian proverb actually, give a man a fish, he will eat for a day. Teach a man how to fish and you'll feed him for a lifetime. God is constantly challenging us to make the same investment into others. Ooh, y'all not going to like this. But God is challenging us to make the same investment into others that he made into us. Take a moment and imagine if he had saved you from your sins, but didn't commit to walking in relationship with you, didn't give you any power, didn't give you any authority, and didn't provide you any eternal life. We take that for granted. See, he saved you. He saved you from your sins. And that was the start of the relationship, not the end of the relationship. We have to be like Christ. Anybody a disciple of Christ? No. Okay, y'all look scared. <laughs> oh, this is so heavy. I don't know if I want to do it no more. Anybody in here a disciple of Christ? See, that word disciple means that you walk in the footsteps of the person that you follow, which means if Christ did it, we got to do it. I'm not telling you you got to get up on a cross and be nailed up there, but you do have to surrender yourself in a way that covers people and then walks with people. I wish we had more people that would do that. If we had more people that would do that, then we wouldn't see some of the issues that we have. You wouldn't, see, you wouldn't see people walking around shooting and killing each other the way that you see it. Because you, the reason that happens is because, oh, help me, Lord. The reason that you have that so many times in a community, you have gang warfare, is because somebody with the right intentions wasn't willing to walk with that person, and somebody with the wrong intentions did. The reason that you see infidelity in the way that you see it is because somebody that could have helped that person walk in the right way didn't actually walk with them, and the other person just did, just went and did. Watch this. Because you didn't, especially guys, because you didn't really have a lot of guys that were telling you to be faithful. They were telling you to sow your wild, wild oats. And the, and the good guys were seen as corny. I don't mind being corny. At least I don't have uh, baby mamas yelling at me for feeding one child. <laughs> to those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, there is a video out there where a young lady is trying to expose her baby mama because he brings, he goes to McDonald's all the time and feeds his child but she's got four kids he only has one of the four and she mad at him I'm gonna expose you cause why are you bringing McDonald's for one baby and I got all these kids and I don't get my food stands till the 11 You might call it corny, but I got, I got two babies with one woman. And that's all I'm going to have the rest of my life. You can call that corny all you want to. But true service, 
isn't a one-night stand, providing an ego boost or a pat on the back or the promise of a promotion. You aren't serving to get promoted, saints. If I do this, then he'll do that. True service demands a commitment to sacrifice for the glory of God in the expansion of his kingdom. We've got to commit ourselves to being the place where his glory dwells. We've got to be willing to do that. That's the hard thing. I know you want to move up the ladder. I know you want that house. I know you want that. I know you've been praying for that man. I know you've been praying for that woman. I know you've been praying for promotion. I know you've been pushing forward. I know, you, I know, I get it. I know life is hard. I get it. I know life is hard. I get it. I know life is hard, but that's not what you signed up for. Christianity comes with all of these amazing benefits and blessings. But it's not about the benefits and blessings. The greatest benefit is the opportunity to be a part of something bigger than you. To recognize that your life is not your own. To recognize that your gifts are being used in something bigger than just what's for the moment. I was going to have a song here, but I've wasted my time, so I'm going to keep moving. But I want to make sure that everyone in this room understands we are now in the month of July. Linked Up Church has committed itself to go out and impact the community. We've committed ourselves to going out and touching people everywhere, all over this city. And it's going to be some great stuff. You might get picked up on a newspaper. You might get shot on TV. They might pat you on the back. It's not about that. Because if you get on the newspaper for a day and then you come back that same place next year, that same person next year, and they are worse than when you met them the year before, then you didn't do your job. You didn't do your job. Check your posture. Check your posture. I know you've been in church a long time. I know you've been tithing. You're a faithful tither. I know you're on the dream team. I know you're in the connect groups. I know that. Check your posture. I know your daddy was a pastor. I know your mama was a pastor. Check your posture. Check your posture. Are you that priest too consumed to stop and help someone on the side? Are you that Levite that leads in worship but won't lead in serving? Or are you the Samaritan? Here's the last little nugget. Keep playing E. Here's the last little nugget. Do you notice that the religious teacher was so wrapped up still in his own mind he couldn't even call him a Samaritan? He said, the one that did good things. He was still so wrapped up in the way he saw things that he couldn't even acknowledge that a Samaritan did better than the Jewish person.
all over this place. Can we stand to our feet? I know this is a heavy message. I told you it was coming. But I believe that we've got some people that God is really working on your heart. So I'm going to invite you, everyone in this building and those of you that are online, take a moment and close your eyes. Nobody's going to take your purse or your wallet. I'm going to invite you to do a little bit of a self-assessment. Take a moment and check your posture. Have you been so focused on moving up that you've been unwilling to go down? Have you been so focused on your stuff and your time and your, your moment that you've been forgetting about the people around you, those broken hearts that you walk past every single day on your job, those broken hearts you walk past every day in your home? Thank you, Holy Spirit. That broken heart you pass every day in the mirror. God is inviting you today to check your posture. So Father, we thank you for challenging us today. For not letting us sit on our laurels and allowing us to just get fat. But for pushing us for convicting some of us, for inspiring many of us. Lord, I thank you that you are engendering a spirit of servitude in this body of believers like we've never seen before, like Powder Springs has never seen before, like the metro Atlanta area has never seen before, like the entire United States of America has never seen before. We pray that you would be glorified in every moment, in the small scheme over the next 31 days and in the large scheme over every day of our lives, that we would be so passionate and so purposeful about connecting people to God, to family, to purpose, and to community that, it, that your thumbprint would be undeniable. Give us a heart to stay with people, to work with people, to help them to wholeness. We pray for fresh anointing on our pastors because this is their heart. This is their desire. We pray that you are surrounding them with people and with innovations and ideas to continue moving in that direction. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we want to invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away, and you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that He died, rose from the grave, and He is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now 
born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name, praise God. We are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations. We are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit us at linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, view past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text Get Connected to 94000. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week, and we look forward to connecting with you.